I'm a big fan of salt. I'd go so far as to say that I love salt. For someone in my profession, it is one of the most valuable tools that we have at our disposal. Despite my love of the edible mineral, there are some people out there that for many reasons must eat a reduced sodium diet. That raises the question of how does one maximize flavor while using less salt? That is the question that I hope to answer today. Now, I want to be very clear that I am obviously not a medical professional, nor am I an expert in low-sodium cooking. The information I provide below is simply meant to demonstrate how certain cooking techniques and ingredients can help to increase the flavor of food while using less salt or no salt at all. As I am not an expert uh, in this, I would welcome any information that any of you may be able to add, um, and you can comment uh, on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash food in five. All right, let's get to it. I'm Chef Ben. This is Food in Five brought to you by HowToNotBurnShit.com, your modern culinary manual, and this is tips for getting more flavor with less salt. The purpose of salt. Before we can really understand cooking without salt, we should first understand cooking with it. Why is salt used in cooking and what does it do? Salt has many purposes and uses in food from preservation to enhancing flavor. Today we're going to skip over preservation and things like that because if you're on a low salt diet, I feel like you probably aren't going to be munching down on a leg of prosciutto or a crock of sauerkraut anytime soon. What we are going to focus on mainly is the ability of salt to enhance flavor. Salt is used in cooking primarily as a way to enhance flavors around it. I always like to equate it to tuning an instrument. An out of tune guitar or violin sounds off, it can even sound terrible even if it's only slightly out of tune. But with just a little tuning, that same instrument can sound amazing. That is the role salt plays in most cooking. It tunes the food. It brings all the separate flavors together so that they play in perfect harmony. Now, is there a way to get that harmony with less salt? In all honesty, the, to the best of my knowledge, there is no way to get that perfect balance without salt. But we can come very close using other elements of flavor. Okay, what are the other elements of flavor? And how do we add them into our food? The elements of flavor. As we all probably know, there are five commonly recognized tastes. I believe there are more, a lot more in fact, but we'll keep this simple. They are sweet, salty, sour, bitter, and umami. Because we want to avoid the salty element, we have to adjust and maximize the other elements. So let's take a look at each one and see how we can add it to our cooking and how we can balance it with the other flavors. Sweet. The sweet flavor likely isn't the first thing that pops in your mind when thinking about how to make food taste good without salt, but it is an important element to a perfectly balanced flavor harmony. One interesting thing about salt is that it makes sweet things taste sweeter. Think of salted caramel, but this also works in reverse. Sweet things make salty things taste saltier. So the goal is to find a way to get more sweetness out of our sweet ingredients. Most commonly in savory dishes, the sweet element comes in the form of vegetables like carrots, peas, parsnips, corn, squash, and more. The first step in getting the sweetness, the most sweetness we can out of these ingredients is to not overcook them. Boil peas and carrots only until they're tender, not mushy. The second thing we can do, this really works well with root vegetables and squash, is to roast them on high heat, 375 to 425 degrees Fahrenheit. This roasting will actually caramelize some of the sugar naturally present in the foods, making them sweeter. This, as we know, will make a natural salt in the dish taste a little saltier. The same caramelization concept works with a tomato, or tomato ingredients, like tomato paste. Tomatoes are actually a perfect food in terms of flavor because they're naturally sweet, sour, and umami. 
Having said that, we can maximize their sweetness no matter what form they come in. Imagine you were making a curry. You saute the onions, ginger, and garlic, then add in a few tablespoons of tomato paste. If you slowly cook that tomato paste for 10 to 12 minutes, or until it starts to darken, the sugars uh, are caramelizing, the flavor will become sweeter. This allows you to bump up the sweetness of the dish and get more balance of flavor without adding sugar or salt. Sour. A little sour can go a long way. In most dishes, a sour element comes from the addition of citrus, vinegar, or wine. Using one or two of these ingredients in tandem can have a big impact on flavor. Imagine, for example, that you're making a cream sauce for a pasta. You use a bit of white wine in the beginning, and then you finish the sauce with a splash of fresh lemon juice. Adding a bit of the lemon zest will help too. You'll have... Uh, you'll have this mild baseline acidity from the wine, but then this really bright upfront pop flavor from the lemon. This will balance really well with the natural sweetness of the cream. Now, as I mentioned above, tomatoes are naturally acidic as well, so adding a few tomatoes or some tomato paste to a stew or soup can up the acidity uh, or sweetness depending on how you cook them, and thus creating more balance in the dish. Bitter. Bitter is a flavor that we North Americans generally shy away from. However, a little bitterness can add a lot to a dish. Having said that, this element should be used sparingly. Some foods that we commonly eat that are bitter include kale and other dark leafy greens, olive oil, cocoa, coffee, broccoli, and more. Bitterness can also come from char. I know this may seem odd, but a little burnt can actually make foods taste better. Think of barbecued foods. Emphasis on the little there. Bitter flavors make us salivate and stimulate our appetite. This salvation opens our palate and allows us to taste more clearly. So, where a little bitter may not necessarily make food taste better, though it can, it makes our ability to taste better. Let's take a look back at the roasted vegetables we talked about in the sweetness section for a second. If we use olive oil on those vegetables when roasting, we can add a small amount of bitter flavor. We can also slightly overcook or burn the vegetables, again very slightly just around the edges, and that will help balance the sweetness. What we should also realize is that if we squeeze a little lemon over those vegetables when they come into the oven, uh, and maybe even a little lemon zest, that will really add pop. All this without a touch of salt. Umami. The final flavor is umami. There are a lot of people who are confused as to what exactly umami is, but really it is just savory. It's that flavor you get when you bite into a piece of cheese, a steak, a mushroom, or a pickle. It's the flavor that keeps you going back for more. Adding this element into the dish is the final and probably most important way to balance flavor without using salt. Let's take a look at our roasted vegetable example one more time. We have What have we done to them so far? The vegetables were tossed in olive oil to add a touch of bitterness. Then we roasted them on high heat to make them sweeter by caramelizing their natural sugars. We even slightly overcooked them to get a bit of char around the edges to add a bit more bitter. And we added a squeeze of lemon juice and a bit of lemon zest to add acidity, which will add a big pop of flavor. Now, if we add a bit of cheese, like Swiss, or a very small amount of Parmesan, Parm is high in salt but is generally okay in small amounts, we will get this umami flavor which will balance the whole thing out. Our veg vegetables excuse me, will be incredibly flavorful without ever having come into contact with salt. Putting it all together. Let's take a second and imagine a full meal. Let's say pork chops with potatoes and vegetables. For simplicity's sake, we will keep the vegetables the same as the above example. Now what's really important to note is that we want to maximize all the elements of the meal separately, but we also need to think of the flavor of the dish as a whole. How are these ingredients and these different elements going to work together? Meaning how are the vegetables going to balance with the pork chops? How are the pork chops going to affect the flavor of the potatoes, etc.? Pork chops. 
Let's start with the pork chops. First of all, pork chops are great for a variety of reasons. They have a fairly neutral flavor that goes well with just about anything. Like all meat, they have built-in umami, and they hold up well to multiple cooking styles. Let's say we sear our pork chops in a pan. We add in a bit of garlic, onion, and tomato, and we cook until the vegetables start to brown. We add a bit of white wine and chicken stock to the pan and simmer until the pork is cooked. Finally, we add a teaspoon of Dijon mustard and mix that into the wine and stock to create a sauce. For the pork chop, we have umami from the pork. We added sweetness by caramelizing the onions and garlic and tomato. We added acidity with the wine and mustard. There is no need to add too much sweetness or any bitterness because we are going to get that from the roasted vegetables. Potatoes. When it comes to the potatoes, in order to keep the balance with the rest of the dish, I would suggest a very simple preparation. Roast them with olive oil, rosemary, and a touch of lemon, or mash them with a bit of sour cream and chive. The brightness of the lemon or sour cream will add a punch to the potatoes and help make them taste as good as they can without salt. And the point here is that none of these flavors, from the pork chops to the vegetables to the potatoes, are going to overpower each other, but they are all going to work in tandem to create one cohesive dish that tastes good with every bite. Conclusion. In all honesty, using all the techniques I just shared with you will help to make food taste good without salt. Unfortunately, there is no real replacement for salt. There's no getting around it. Humans are biologically designed to love salt. But if you are a person who has to eat a low sodium diet, this will hopefully help in some way. But at the same time, you can't expect the food to taste exactly as good as it does with a bunch of salt on it. As unfortunate as that is. And I want to thank Doreen B. for requesting this post. And if you have a post request, uh, you can tell me about it on facebook.com forward slash food and five or you can Instagram me or whatever. Uh, but I always love to hear from you. And if you have a request, then I'll probably do it. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. I'm Chef Ben. This is Food and 5, brought to you by HowToNotBurnShit.com, your modern culinary manual. And, of course, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Chef Ben Kelly and on Facebook at Ben Kelly Cooks and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Food in 5. Thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. And to my American friends, I hope that you had a great Thanksgiving and have a great long weekend. I'll be back on Monday with another fantastic episode of Food and 5. I'll talk to you soon.